Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Can you identify in your life people that God has given you as an example that you should follow? Because God gives us people to look up to. Paul was a person for them to look up to. But at the same time, are you an example that someone else could follow? Can your kids follow your example? Can we say this to our kids? Man, just, just follow me, son, daughter. Just do what I'm doing. Follow me and mom. Do what we're doing. We're committed to follow Christ in such a way that you just follow our example. We're going to be an example for you. We all have people in our life that are influential and vital to our growth, be it good examples or bad. Today, Pastor Bill reminds us that as we have people that are examples for us, we also become examples for the people around us. You control your actions and your words, and it's up to you to live like someone who can be a leader for others. All of us have roles we're called by God to fill, but everyone has the opportunity to lead by example. Be someone whom you want your kids to look up to. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Here he says, I've become a fool for Christ. I want you to notice that none of these things can a prideful man be. Right. You won't say I'm a servant if you're full of pride and actually be a servant. You won't say I'm just a steward. Right. Everything I have came from him. When you're a prideful person, you'll say I earned this. I worked really hard. I went to school. I got my degree. I did this. this. You'll be talking about how you did it, how you achieved it, how you earned it, not how you received it. But when you realize what you really are before the Lord, you realize I've received great things from the Lord. He's great. I'm a recipient of a great God. Here he says, I'm a fool, right? Nobody wants to be a fool. Nobody wants to be, but he said, for Christ's sake, if that's how people will view me for his sake, I'm good with that. I'm not really worried about what they think because I'm living for him. And we want to all grow to that place where we, we don't live in the confines of what people think. Not in a rude way. Some people take stuff like, that. I don't care what nobody say about me. And, you know, and they, you know, they become rude Christians and abrasive Christians and just hurting people. You know, I'm going to just tell people everything. I don't care what you think. That's not what Paul is saying. But when it comes to what God wants, Paul says, I'm going to do what God wants in the face of adversity. When Paul goes into a city and they say, you can't preach the gospel here. Yes, I can. Watch me. I'm going to do it. So what would they think? God called me. I'm ordained to preach the gospel. I must put him in jail, you know, for, for preaching the gospel. He didn't stop. He ministered to the jailer. The people that were around him, everywhere Paul went, Paul was like, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I'm not really concerned. I'm not really, I'm not going to stop because I was threatened. I'm not going to stop because they beat me. I'm not even going to stop because I'm currently in jail with a death sentence upon my head. We got several letters that Paul wrote from prison. So even when he's in prison for preaching the gospel, Paul's like, man, how do I make, how do I be a good steward of this time in prison where I got to sit still? I'm going to write letters to encourage these other churches. Exactly what he did. I mean, he's an example to us. I mean, that's a steward. That's a man that says, and I'm not really worried. What about when they find out that I was in the prison writing this? So, so be it, right? For Christ's sake, I'm gone for Christ. Christ has my, got full access to me. So I would encourage all of us. Is there any part of your life that's too sophisticated? Too governed by yourself, maybe too you're too prideful to let the Lord have use of it. There are some people that have gifts and abilities, but in your pride, so worried about if you'll fail, how you'll look, how it will go, you won't give God access. He, he doesn't get to use the gift he gave you through you because you won't let him because you're worried about how you'll do, how you'll look. We all have to get over that, right? 
I, I tell you every week, I, this never gets, I've never, I've never taught and not been nervous in some way. Always. Now, it's not like it was when I first started, but I still get nervous every time. There's a, in your mind, it's like, man, it's, I'm, I'm sharing God's word. I want to do a good job. I want it to be clear. I want people to get it. It's there, right? I can't not come. I can't, I can't, I can't lay in my bed at home. I just can't, I'm going to call in sick, you know, Clint teach, you know, you do it, Clint, you know, it's like, I got to just do it. And God, if I, if I mess up, I mess up. If I make a fool of myself, I make a fool of myself. And I have before. I've embarrassed myself before. I've, I've done things and been like, oh gosh, man, I wish I had that one back. And I, you don't get it back. You just got to keep it moving. So, so, so what your gifts, right? You got to give God access. Lord, have, have your way. Use me. It's as you do that. It's as you just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm availing myself to you. It's, it's, it's in that that you'll see what it is to be in a cooperative effort with the Lord. It's an amazing thing, you guys, to, to be walking with and serving God in a cooperative way. That I'm not, I'm not just doing my own thing. I'm, what I'm doing, God is doing it through me. And then he's pleased with it and it's benefiting other people. But God, God has to get us to a place where we're not so concerned with ourselves, making a mistake, being wrong. What if, what if it's not correct? You know, um, you want to seek him. So verse 11 now, he says, to the present hour, we both hunger and thirst. Paul is speaking of him and Apollos and how the, the, the apostles are struggling at this period. He says, to the present hour. So at the very time he's writing them this, we both hunger and thirst. We're hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed. We don't have nice clothes. We've been beaten. We're homeless. And we labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscurring of all things until even until right now. So at the time Paul wrote the Corinthian letter, they were going through it. The apostles were being mistreated. He said, man, we're hungry, thirsty. We don't got nice clothes. Uh, we're struggling right now. We're going through it. They, they, they're treating us like trash. We're, they treat us like the, the, the scum of the earth. And y'all over here acting like y'all ruling and reigning, rich and balling. That sound like anything y'all see <laughs> in our culture, in our world today. I mean, I read this and I'm thinking, wow. Wow, Paul said, like, at this very moment, this is how we're, the real apostles, this is what is going, this is what's going on. And y'all over there, you know, eating whatever they were eating, you know. Uh, caviar on, on matzo bread or whatever. They're over there living large and thinking that they made it. Paul says, well, we're struggling. We're right now. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult time for people that are really living for God. Again, he's going to tell them when he's done. I, I don't say this to shame you guys. He's, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I want to help you. But Paul is being very blunt with them. So um, we're stewards, fools for Christ's sake. This last chunk here, 14 to 21, Paul is going to encourage them that they would follow his example. He wants to be an example to them. Um, these things may seem harsh, it may seem heavy, but Paul is really, his heart's desire is to help them, is to build them up. And so he's having to be very direct in what he says to do that. Verse 14, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Now note, the Corinthians were led to Christ by Paul. So Paul, when he calls them his beloved children, because he begot them, he shared the gospel. He's the one that led them to Christ. Then as he left and heard what was going on, he's writing letters to say, what happened? What's going on? You know? So he calls them his beloved children. He said, I love you guys like children, man, like my spiritual offspring. I, I care for you guys. Verse 15, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Apostle, you guys may have many teachers, many people, 10,000 people may come teach you the word. But I'm, I was the spiritual father. I led you to Christ. 
That was God ordained it to be that way. I was the one that led you guys in. And Paul's, Paul's saying, you know, I'm, I'm, you only get to have one father. You have a lot of teachers, one father. That's, that's his position in their, in their life. You know, I've begotten you through the gospel. Verse 16, for I urge you to imitate me. Paul is going to instruct him here. I want you to imitate me, you guys. I don't know who you're copying. I don't know what teachers came. I don't know what example you guys got, but can I encourage you guys to follow me? Now, you can only tell somebody to follow you if you're doing what? Following Christ, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. Later on in Corinthians, he says those exact words in chapter 11, verse 1. Paul says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Paul saying, look, I'm, I know I'm walking in such a way that I'm walking with God. I'm living for the Lord in such a way that could you just follow my example? Would you imitate me? Just copy me. Be a copycat. Follow me while I follow him. Since you don't know how to do it right now, can I be an example? And anybody that's ever seen kids that, you know, copy, you know, like kids like the sometimes kids do it just to be an annoyance. You know, little siblings may do it to their their older siblings. Everything they say, they say it. Everything they do, they do it. You know, I have my kids try to annoy me. And, you know, you move and it's like they move and it's eh, copying me, you know. But Paul says, like, imitate me. Right. In Ephesians um, chapter five, verse one, he says, as dear children, imitate me. Right. Follow me. Copy what I'm doing. Same way a little kid would do it. Paul says those exact words. Imitate me, he says. I want to be an example to you guys. I said, I've begotten you guys in Christ. I've led you to the Lord. I love you. I care for you. Would you follow my example? So this is something I would ask all of us here. Can you identify? Obviously, we follow Jesus. Can you identify in your life people that God has given you as an example that you should follow? Because God gives us people to look up to. Paul was a person for them to look up to. But at the same time, are you an example that someone else could follow? Can your kids follow your example? Can we say this to our kids? Man, just, just follow me, son, daughter. Just do what I'm doing. Follow me and mom. Do what we're doing. We're committed to follow Christ in such a way that you just follow our example. We're going to be an example for you. We want to be that. And if you struggle to be that, you want to grow to be that. That's a goal for every person here. If you're blessed to have kids. You want to be the example they can follow. Because rather you ask them to or not, you're the example that they're going to follow. Your kid's going to be just like you. They're going to pick up stuff that you never meant for them to pick up. I've been blown, I've been amazed in my life the things that my kids have picked up on that weren't intended, um, didn't intend for it. You know, I watch BJ. BJ watches me with my wife, and then he does. You know, he, he tries to smooth on my wife, and he'll do it, and he'll he'll go and caress her the way I do, and then look over at me like, "I love you, mom." And he's looking back. I'm like, I should bust you up, son, you know. But I'm looking at exactly what he's doing. I know that he saw me do that. He's copying me, you know. Um, I watch Harmony. Harmony, I call her Little Mika. Uh, her mannerisms, her speech, even when I mess with my wife, my wife's got my number. So she just don't give no action. I mess with her and she act like, mm, I ain't going to try. I'm not even, I act like I didn't even hear that. So she takes all the fun away from me. I, I mess with Harmony. And she'll do the same thing. I'm like, you just like your mother. You, that's what she do, you know. She just, I don't, my mother never set her down and say, here's a class on how to beat your dad when he's messing with you. She just picked it up watching. So, so too, when it comes to spiritual things, when you guys are in a jam and you guys say, let's just pray. Let's pray. Let's trust God, right? They'll be in a jam one day too. And, and, and either you've done that for them and, and given them that example or you freaked out. And your kids will be freaking out. Oh, my God. You know, they'll do exactly what you do. Do you cuss and fuss? Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to learn from you. I got in trouble when I was younger at school. And 
I won't say which parent, but one of my parents didn't use a lot of language, but when they did, it was very pronounced and it was loud and it was like, bam. And so one day I, I had something strong to say and I said it at school and they said the veins were popping out my neck and I was use these words. And I didn't just know the word to use, but I knew how to use the word. But at the age that I used it, I did not know what it meant. I won't use the word here. It's, it's Sunday morning church. But I remember being brought into account. And, you know, I got in trouble and they called and everything else. And it was like, well, that's, that's what he said. Well, he was mad at the dog or whatever. So I was mad and I said it, you know. I didn't know what it meant. Didn't know the, you know, the. I hear the story now or whatever. But they're picking up stuff. They're picking up good and bad. Be an example. Right. Paul says, imitate me, guys. Right. That's a, I mean, I'm, I look at this and I think, God, I want to be that kind of man that I can tell people, just follow my example. I want to live in such a way that if someone followed my example, they wouldn't they wouldn't sin. And I can't say I'm that in everything. I, 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 a bad habit that I have. I hate clutter in the car. And so I've been guilty of a couple times. I mean, nothing more than a couple times. I've been guilty of letting stuff fly out of my window on the freeway. <laughs> I know I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm confessing. I don't want to lie. I, I, I've done that, right? I'm like, I finished the cup. I don't want it bothering me. It's just sitting there. It looks like trash. And so I'm driving fast enough. And I'll do, it don't, like, I'm not throwing it out. But if you drive fast enough with the window open, it'll just fly out of your hand. And so I've done that before. So this is what happened. This is what happened to me. So I'm in the car with my wife and Billy. And Billy had a drink. And he got done with his drink. And he rolled down the window. And he just went, whoo. And my wife said, wait, she started to yell. And I was like, oh, I don't get it. I, I know I was guilty. I know where he saw that at. Um, yeah, yeah. So I got to watch it. You know, that, we all have probably some negatives. But hopefully in spiritual things, we can be followed, right? We can be, they can follow our example. Paul says again, imitate. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Verse 17. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, Paul and Timothy had a very special relationship. You, some of you guys were with us. We went through the letters of First and Second Timothy. And if you didn't, they're online. You can go back and listen to them. But Paul had ministered to Timothy and he said this about Timothy. I have nobody else like minded. Right. Timothy just has my heart. And so, you know, some of you guys may have someone that you're like, if I can't be there, I want them there. Because they share my heart. Maybe so maybe your spouse. There are times where if I can't be somewhere, but my wife can be there, that's good enough for me. Because she knows, how, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get whatever information from her. It'll be just like as if I was there. You know, Paul says, when it comes to ministry, Timothy has my heart. Nobody else like-minded like him. And so I'm sending him to you guys. He's going to come and, and minister to you guys. And I would just say this, right? What a blessing to be like a Timothy. Someone that could be trusted and and to be looked to at like Paul is Paul's a big deal. Paul says, man, Timothy would be the perfect person to come minister to you guys. He he knows what what you guys need and he has the right heart. Right. Timothy's follow my example. He'll be good enough. He'll be he'll be good to come teach you guys how to do it. And it's been said that everybody should have a Paul and everybody should have a Timothy. Everybody should have someone that's well beyond you in spiritual things that you look up to and receive from. And everybody should also have someone that's that's on their way that you're helping bring them along. We, we should always be in the process of, of receiving and giving, growing and helping others to grow. And so, you know, 
what an honor for Timothy that Paul viewed him in that way, that, that he was a faithful young man. He, Paul had taught Timothy to, to, to seek out other faithful people. He says, I want you to take the things that I've taught you and teach them to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The goal was to keep finding faithful people to pass it along to. And so every Christian worker, every Christian servant, every person in ministry, there should be someone that you have that like a protege, someone that yeah, I got someone else that they got the, the characteristic of faithfulness. Now I'll teach them what I know so that they'll be able to pass it along. Notice the characteristic you're looking for in someone you'll raise up faithful. They don't need to have a ton of gifts. They don't have to be the most able, the most gifted, the most talented, just faithful. It'd be better to take the time to teach a faithful person how to do something than to take somebody that's really good at it, but they're unfaithful. The only thing worse than not having money in the bank is thinking you have money in the bank and not have money in the bank. That's what it's like when you got people that are able and talented and gifted, but they're just not available, unfaithful. So you count on them and they're like, oh, man, I was counting on you. They're not there. It'd be better to take someone with a character of faithfulness. This person's faithful. They don't know nothing yet. That's faithful, though. We'll teach faithful how to do it and faithful will do it faithfully to the Lord and they'll grow in it. And so that's what Paul taught Timothy. Look for other faithful men. Teach them what I taught you that they can later on. They'll be able to take it and teach other faithful men also. So what what do we get from that? We want to be faithful men and women. I want to be faithful to the Lord, faithful with what God gives me. You want to be faithful with God gives you to him. Um, And in due time, as you're faithful with it, there should be other faithful people that you're able to turn around and bring them along as well. And at the end of the day, there'll be God will look down and see a bunch of faithful people. That's what he wants. Right. That the group of faithful people, faithful to Jesus, that that group would grow. There'd be more and more people faithful to him. That would please Jesus. And that's what Paul's encouraging Timothy here or encouraging the Corinthians here. And so he says, again, I'm going to be sending Timothy to you guys. Verse 18. Now he says some now some are puffed up as though I were not coming. But I will I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? Now, in the group, there were some who were saying, you know, Paul, because he wasn't coming, sending someone else. They were puffed up. So uh, imagine you get this letter that's kind of corrective. And again, there are prideful people there. And what do prideful people do when you correct them? They start swelling up. Who's talking to me? You don't know who I am. You know, so Paul, some of you guys, not everybody, you know, some of you guys, I, I plan to come as well. And I want you to notice what he said in verse 19. He said, I will come shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know, not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. Right? Paul, I'm not worried about your words. I'll be looking for the evidence, the power. Words are just words, right? People just speak words. But there's something when you see God's power upon a person's life. Can't, they can't fake that and they can't manufacture it. It's something that is evidence that God's hands. Is, I won't be listening to your words. I'll be looking for the powers because the kingdom of God is not in words, but it's in power. Right? It's not in a bunch of people saying the right stuff, but it's in looking. Is there evidence that God's power is at work? When you look at the church in Acts, as we study the book of Acts, Right? Not just the words, there was power, there was evidence that God was among them, God was moving, God was doing things. People were being ministered to and they were growing and being saved and being discipled. There was, Paul says, I, I, I won't be coming to look for your words. I'm going to come look for evidence that God's power, God's power is at work. And then he says, what do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod 
or in love in the spirit of gentleness. Paul said, look, I, I, do you want me to come when I, when I actually physically come? I'm sending this letter ahead that you can receive it and make the adjustments. So when I come, I don't want to come having to give corrections. I'd rather come in, in a spirit of love and a, in gentleness. I'd rather come just love on you guys and enjoy you. But like a good parent, right? Any good parent, if you had it your way, I just want loves and cuddles and love my kids. I want to love them. But sometimes it necessitates, sometimes it's out of responsibility, the rod's got to be used. Just out of responsibility, just what we got to do, right? Not looking forward to it. That's not what I would prefer. Who determines whether I'm coming in the rod or coming with some hugs and kisses? They do, right? So Paul says, you guys will determine how I come. Interesting, we'll determine how we meet Jesus on what terms we meet him. Some of us that have bowed the knee and received him as Lord, we'll meet him as sons and daughters. And we'll walk into enter into his love and his mercy and his grace. And his, it's going to be wonderful. But there will be people that by their choice, by their doing, they won't enter into that. They're going to enter into his wrath. That's not what he wants. He'd rather. He, God says, I'm not willing that any should perish. But what? That all should come. to. I wish everybody would just repent. So as we wrap this up today, I'm never going to take for granted that everybody in any room knows the Lord, has repented and turned to Christ. If you're here today. And you know that you have not repented of a life of unbelief, a life of disobedience, a life of rebellion against God. You, you've not turned to Christ and received him. Then I want to be faithful to let you know today that he loves you that he died for you. And it's his heart's desire to wash you clean of your sins, to, to save you, um, that you wouldn't die and go to hell and be separated from him. But that you would eventually meet him in heaven, be it through death or through rapture. So if you're here today and have never surrendered your life to Christ, I invite you today. You would give your life to Christ today. You wouldn't let another day go by. You wouldn't waste this opportunity and miss out on what the Lord has. And so for those of us that are saved, recap, we want to be better stewards of the things that God has put in our hands. Hopefully you wrote down the things that you know that he's put in your hands and, and be encouraged today that God wants you to be a better steward. Maybe you're a great steward, then keep it up. Um, but we want to be good stewards of what God has put in our hands. Second, as Paul said that he was a fool for Christ and he wasn't there yet, not really concerned what people think living for the Lord. If there's any area of your life where you live restrained to God because of what people think, would you be unrestrained today? Would you give that up? Would you give that over to the Lord? Would you say, God, I, I don't want to live in the fear of man. Don't be afraid of man. Just obey him. And um, ask the Lord if you need to ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and give you boldness and courage. You need to do that. Don't don't live in the fear of man. You want to be bold and courageous. Don't waste this life. You want to spend it on the Lord. And then the last thing, as Paul said, I want you guys to imitate me as I imitate Christ. Can people follow you? Can people follow your example and get where God wants them to go? If not, then you need to clean up how you're living so you can be an example. Everybody here has the potential to be an example to somebody. And you should strive to be that. But also, as much as we want to be an example, we need examples. And so if you would say, I don't have any good examples in my life, you would pray about that. There was a time when I first got married, there was no marriage in sight that looked like what I wanted for my marriage. The church I was at, the pastor wasn't married. The, pe the few people that were wasn't what I was looking for. And God blessed me and sent me somewhere else where I seen, a. I mean, I met multiple marriages that were like, wow, I would, I would love to have that one day. I would love to grow into, into that. And God gave us, he gave me and my wife some examples 
Uh, he gave us people to, to speak to us about those things and to demonstrate those things. And so if you find that, man, I, I need some examples. Pray. Actually, look, I need an example in my life in some area. It could be in your marriage. It could be in your parenting. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your ministering. Ask them. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on media. Or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and location information. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 1 Corinthians, accountability and helping other believers strive for purity and commitment to God are topics that come to the surface. Although these things aren't always fun or easy, they're an incredible blessing to have in your life and in your church. So look to be involved and accountable wherever you're plugged in with other believers. If you notice that this ministry has been a blessing, even when it's convicted your heart in certain ways, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the messages go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. We ask that you pray for ears to be open, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Bill again for another edition of A Transforming Word.